Hey there, everyone. It is so great to be with you here at Greenbelt Online. I just want to quickly share with you today what God did last weekend here at Greenbelt Online. At the time of this recording, we have seen over 850 people come and visit our Greenbelt Online worship experience website. 850 people. That's absolutely amazing for me because it's not just 850 people. It's families, people who came together as couples, people who came with their kids, who came with their parents, their grandparents, way more people than just 850 who came to this site to worship, to learn, and to encourage and grow together. I was also so incredibly excited by the four people who clicked that banner underneath the video to give their lives to Jesus last week. Praise God for you if you're back joining us again today. I'm so encouraged, and I've just been praying for you all this week. Uh, Church Online platform was developed by Life Church down in Oklahoma City, and their team released some data of what God did across churches all over the world last Sunday, last weekend. See, as the churches have been huddled around our computers and just kind of doing church online because we can't meet together in buildings in so many places around the world, last weekend alone, They are reporting that over 43,000 people clicked that banner to accept Jesus as Lord. And that just literally makes the hair on my arm stand up. That is so incredibly exciting. 43,000 people that came into a relationship with Jesus because of churches being on the Internet just last weekend. And I want to thank those of you who sent me pictures of your kids watching the service, those of you who sent me pictures of your parents and grandparents and babies all gathered around the computer last weekend. It it actually made me cry. And, And not like tears of sorrow and regret tears, but tears of joy. Of even in this season of uncertainty, even in this season of self isolation, that we're seeing people love each other and worship God and care for each other. It, it brought such joy to me to see that care still happening in the church. I actually strangely felt a little bit like the Apostle Paul when he wrote in Colossians chapter 3. He goes, even though I'm not there with you in body, I am there with you in spirit. <laughs> and I am encouraged by your faith and by the way you're being discipled and growing in the faith. Like that's how I felt last week and it's still how I feel today. So I am with you today in spirit. If you are new with us today here at Greenbelt Online, my name's Kevin. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at our church location in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. We are in week two of a series called Not Afraid. And we're looking at a bunch of passages in the Bible Because we really live in an unprecedented time with the COVID-19 virus and the way it has just spread around the world and government's reaction and business reaction, stock market reaction, panic reaction, all these things that are gripping our hearts right now. It's very easy to give in to fear. We saw last week as we started this series off that there's four mistakes that we tend to make when we're afraid. (laughs) And that God actually wants to free us from that and meet us even in those moments. Because God doesn't always meet us in these big supernatural displays of power. God meets us in the whisper. Those quiet, still moments where we can hear his voice because he's close. (laughs) Because he's close. (laughs) 
even in times like this. <laughs> and so our theme verse over the three weeks that we're doing this series comes from Philippians chapter 4. And this is written by the Apostle Paul. And so I'm going to read this again as our theme verse for last week, this week, and again next week. Philippians chapter 4, I'm starting to read in verse 4. Paul writes to the church, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's very easy to give in to fear. It's very easy to give in to times of anxiety. As a leadership here at Greenbelt, we have asked people to self-isolate, to follow our government's advice to stay home. <laughs> you know, stay home with your family, only go out for real necessities, <laughs> and just stay home. So our family has started practicing that. Our staff is practicing that. So our family is practicing self-isolation. So right now I am literally speaking to an empty room right now, except for the fact that my son Cameron is here helping out since we are self-isolated together. Um, we're in this building by ourselves together so that we can get these messages out to Greenbelt online. And I'm so grateful for the other volunteers who got together one last time to put a worship set together. They recorded 19 songs in one session so that we can keep blessing you with worship in this season. And I'm so grateful to each of them for doing that. Right, But this is a season with so much uncertainty. What about this? When are we going to get back together? When are we going back into the church building? Will we be back in the church building for Easter? So many questions that can lead to so much anxiety. So today I want us to focus on the theme verse from Philippians chapter 4 and talk a bit about anxiety today. Now I realize anxiety is a big word. And it's a word that we've been talking a lot about as churches over the last number of years. In the past, quite honestly, the church hasn't dealt well with things like mental health and things like anxiety. We've over-spiritualized it, where we said if you just had more faith, or if you would just pray more, or if you would get rid of this sin in your life, then you wouldn't have that. Now, that's not true. That's not true at all. Um, but I do believe in a holistic approach to anxiety. I believe that there is a physical component to anxiety, that sometimes it requires exercise. It requires changing how we eat. It requires some medication from a doctor to help cope with it. I also believe there's an emotional side to anxiety, that you should be going to counseling. You should be putting things and practices and boundaries into your life to be healthy emotionally and, you know, and mentally that way. But I also believe that there's a spiritual component to anxiety. And that's what I want to focus on today is the spiritual side of anxiety. I am not discounting the other two, the physical or the mental, I believe in both of those things. I have personally benefited from both of those things in my life. I love my doctor, and I love my counselor. They have been huge blessings in my life. But you don't want me giving you medical advice, and you don't want me giving you psychological advice. I'm here today to present some spiritual advice from the Word of God on what you and I should be doing with anxiety. 
there's a spiritual side to anxiety. So just kind of in way of definition so that we can kind of be on the same page when I'm talking about anxiety, um, I heard a mentor kind of explain it like this. And he kind of described anxiety like the check engine light that pops up on your dashboard suddenly while you're driving your car. You know that light I'm talking about? Some cars, it blinks, and you get the ding that pops up. Sometimes it's just this light that's just sitting there. Some people, it's been on your car so long that you just ignore it. You just assume it's part of the dashboard. (laughs) Well, just a few weeks ago, right before this whole COVID-19 thing exploded here in our city, uh, my check engine light, bing, popped on. And it's like, look, I'm really busy right now. I don't have time to take the car into the garage. I don't have time to deal with this. I don't have time to worry about it. It's just kind of there, right? Because it's not a problem. The fact that the light is on is not really a problem. The problem in my case with the three liters of oil that was dripping out of my engine (laughs) in a five liter engine, I had two more liters to go until total engine seize, (laughs) right? The check engine light is a signal that something else is wrong. And when our check engine light comes on, this is the way this mentor pastor put it, said when this check engine light comes on, what do you do with it? You bring the car to the manufacturer. Because the person who created the car knows best how to fix the car. And he said anxiety is exactly the same way. Anxiety is a signal that something else is off. And we have a creator, a God who made us and loves us. So we need to bring ourselves to God, our creator, that spiritual side of dealing with this. You see, Paul wrote this verse that we're looking at today during a very stressful and difficult time of his life. Paul wrote this while he was in house arrest in Rome. You see, Paul was arrested for proclaiming that Jesus is God, (laughs) that he was going around the known world, the Roman world, planting churches, raising leaders, doing all this amazing work, and telling people that there is a God in heaven who loves you, that there's only one God one maker of heaven and earth, and there's only one way to know this God, and that is through Jesus. (laughs) That Jesus isn't just one of many options. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and that nobody comes to God except through Jesus. Not a popular message in Paul's day. It upset all the religious people. It upset all the pagan people, and they had him arrested for this. So Paul is in a Roman prison, He's under, sorry, under house arrest in Rome. He's allowed to have some visitors, but he's not allowed to leave his home. And he was most likely um, chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. Stuck at home, can't leave, chained to a Roman guard. Kind of sounds a little like self-isolation, doesn't it? That we're right now, we're all working from home. Our kids are doing school from home. We're being asked to stay home. We as leaders are encouraging you to stay home. And maybe for some teenagers now, it's starting to feel like they're chained to their parents and they're starting to go crazy. (laughs) I guess there's one in the room who's agreeing with that statement. (laughs) You know? So I think this is an incredibly timely passage for us as we might feel a little bit like we're in prison. 
Look at what Paul says in those moments in verse 6. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Written by a man, wondering if he was going to be executed for his faith, chained to a Roman guard, not able to go anywhere. Don't be anxious about this. Pray. As we are self-isolated right now, as a church, as a community, as a world, don't be anxious. Pray. Yeah, but what about my job? Pray. What about money? My retirement? Pray. What about family members who I haven't been able to visit? Pray. What about my education that I'm working on? Pray. What about my health and the health of my loved ones? Pray. In every situation, in COVID-19, in anything we ever find ourselves dealing with, the response of the check engine light is to turn to God in prayer. Now, there's this small part of me that doesn't want to do that. And there was a little part of me at some point that didn't want to do it because I felt like, well, I didn't want to waste God's time. You see, God's busy. Like God's got like a worldwide pandemic to deal with. So God doesn't just doesn't need to worry about me. I'll worry about me. I'll worry about my situation. I can fix this. I can solve this. God's got bigger fish to fry. He's got other things and other people to work with. Don't worry, God. I got this. I could think that way sometimes. The other thing that I have seen play out in so many people's lives is when it comes to this idea of praying to God about anything is a lot of people simply don't know how to pray. It's like, well, what does this look like? What do I do? How do I talk to God? When I was still a fairly new Christian about 20 years ago, I had a mentor in my small group at my church kind of say, Kev's prayer is easy. It's just talking to God. And then he would start praying things like he would stand up and he'd close his eyes and he'd put his hands up like this. And he would start reciting the entire Bible by heart. In his prayers, he'd be like, the Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice, clouds and thick darkness surround you, righteousness and justice is the foundation of your throne, fire goes before you, consumes your foes. And then he'd go, Kev, now you pray. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not praying in front of you. I'm not praying in front of these guys. I'm going to look like a moron. So I didn't, didn't pray. And then they would encourage, and they would encourage, and they would encourage. No, just talk to God like you would talk to your dad. Just talk. Just imagine yourself as a small child going to their daddy in prayer. So I kind of pictured, I remembered, I flashed back to my little kids when they were little, and when they would come up to me, it's like, Daddy, 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 can I have? Daddy, can I have some candy? Daddy, can I have some popcorn? Daddy, can I have pizza? Daddy, can we go to McDonald's? Daddy, can I have $5? Right? That's how kids turn to their father, right? We, we, we've done it. We, we grew up in it. And then so suddenly that became my prayer life. 
God, would you just give me this? God, would you just do that? God, would you just bless this? God, would you just bless that? Not ever listening for an answer. And thankfully, my heavenly father loves me. He would hear those petitions. He was good with that. But God wanted to speak to me in the whisper. Bring your anxiety to God. Then pray about everything. But we listen for the whisper. The Apostle Peter writes about anxiety as well in one of his letters in the New Testament. From 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, Peter writes this. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, fear and worry and anxiety, it it, it feels like a lion. Like it's just devouring us. It's all-consuming. And sometimes it is so loud, it's screaming in our minds. (laughs) But Peter gives advice here that we need to follow, that when we come to God, right? First thing that Peter tells us to do is he says to humble yourself, to humble yourself, right? It takes a lot of humility to humble ourselves. It's this idea that, well, I don't need to go to God to this. I have the answers. And if I don't have the answers, I'm going to find the answers. And in this day and age that we find ourselves living in right now, there are way more questions than answers right now. When people say, Kev, what about, Kev, what about, Pastor, are we going to, Pastor, what about Easter? All these things. And it's like, it's one day at a time right now. It really is. And, and I've actually, it takes even humility for me to realize that, that I'm going to make godly, wise decisions today, and it might change tomorrow based on the new information. That's the world right now. And, and it's humbling for me to think that way because I like to know the answers. I like to know what I'm doing in three weeks. I like to know what the Easter plans are several months in advance. <laughs> But all of that has changed right now, right? So we humble ourselves, right? We humble ourselves before God. And then the other thing that Paul talks, uh, sorry, not Paul, Peter talks about is to cast your anxieties on him, right? To cast means to throw, to release, to give, to surrender. See, most of us, we might cast our anxiety on God, for a small moment, and then we're very quick to take it back, especially if God seems slow or if God seems silent or if God's not doing some big, huge, giant miracle that we can notice. We give it to him temporarily with conditions attached to it, and when he doesn't perform the way we want, we take it right back. (laughs) And Peter's words are, no, cast your complete anxiety on him because He loves you. And when you do that, he will lift you up. (laughs) I love that picture of God's mighty hand lifting us up when we give our anxiety to him, especially because this was written by Peter. 
Peter was the guy who, in a huge storm, while he was in a boat, and the waves and the sea was just going absolutely crazy, and all the disciples in the boat were panicking and anxious that they were going to die, they see Jesus coming to them, walking on the water. And Peter says, call out to me so I can go out to you. And Jesus has come to me. And Peter gets out of the boat and he takes three steps on the water. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He notices the storm around him. And he instantly sinks into the storm. And then Jesus' hands come, grab Peter, and lift him up. (laughs) Cast your anxieties on him. And he will lift you up. I love that picture coming from the words of Peter, someone who personally experienced that. We humble ourselves. We cast our anxieties on him because anxiety is a signal. It's a signal alerting you and me that it's time to pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We're going to listen to another song right now, and I would encourage you to listen closely to the lyrics of this song. This is a beautiful song of how God moved in the past, how God moves in the present, and how God will move again. in your life, in my life, in our city's life, in our world. When we turn to God in prayer, when we remember who he is, we remember what he has done, when we remember his promises, we cast our anxiety off of ourselves and onto him. Let's listen to this together. Lord, we thank you that you've been there for us, and you will be there again. We believe you'll do it again. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me. You've never failed me. seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I will see you move it again. You know, when the Bible talks about mountains, it's a metaphor for worry, for, for stress, for anxiety, for fear, the things that would just weigh us down and completely crush us. But our God is a God who moves mountains. He's done it before, and he'll do it again. We just believe. Paul's words in Philippians 4, that when we come to God in prayer, look at what he says in verse 7. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. This peace of God transcends all human understanding. It's not a peace that government can give. It's not a peace that the health care can give. It's not a peace that the economy can give. It's a peace that only comes from knowing Jesus. And wherever you're joining us from right now, if you do not have that relationship with Jesus, if you're not experiencing the peace that is available to you, I want you to know that you are not here by accident, that the person who invited you to this service loves you, that the God who loves you, who brought you here, however he did, wants you to know this peace that surpasses worldly understanding. And you can come to know who Jesus truly is simply by believing that Jesus is God. He's not just this good moral teacher, but that he was God in the flesh, that he's the third part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, that he lived a sinless life, (laughs) And that he went to the cross to pay for my sin, to pay for your sin. And when you turn from that sin and you turn your heart back to God and you pray very simply, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, come into my life and make me new. I give you my life, make me new. When you do that, the Bible says that you become a new creation And that this peace of God will begin to start working in your life. And if you've done that today at your home, I would love if you would click that banner below. Let us know. That's going to bring up a pop-up, another window where you could give just some basic information. We would love to connect with you as a church family. Get some free resources into your hand to help you experience more of the love of God through the church. 
and through our church specifically, and we would love to see you grow in this understanding of who God is. And for those of us who've made that decision before in the past, I pray that this week we would be praying like never before. Do not let anxiety win. Do not let fear grip our hearts. We will be men, women, boys, and girls who are praying about everything. So let's pray together. Father God, I praise you and thank you that we can gather together here at Greenbelt Online. I praise you and thank you for Life Church in the United States that have put this platform together and have given it freely to the church around the world so that people can know the peace of God, even in this crazy time of uncertainty. Father, I praise you for those who've accepted Jesus in this service today. And God, I pray for us as a church family that we would just trust you more, that we would pray about everything, that we would not give in to anxiety in this season. God, I pray that you would use us to bless our city, bless our neighbors, bless our families, bless the the world, even while we're at home. Use us in ways that we can never even ask or imagine by your power at work in the church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.